Welcome to the Key Review with your host, Kenny. This week, Kenny interviews an artist who's really got something to say, Davy Boy. Together, they cover a lot of territory and talk about the LA music scene, the camaraderie amongst LGBTQ performers, Davy's new music, and even his secret celebrity crush. If only he could remember his name. And of course, Kenny brings you the Q2 and video of the week and shares with you the top five from our Q22 countdown. Lots on the hopper tonight, so make sure to stick around. He never knew my name And I never dared to say Hey, how are you today? Cause we go our separate song this week comes from Johnny Neff. Now, Johnny Neff hasn't been around for too long. He's got to have a couple of singles out, um, but he's got a brand new track called Guy. And this is the song, if Hollywood ever decides to make a male gay version of Clueless, this is the song that needs to be on the soundtrack. Super fun, over the top in, in the sense of kind of the visuals that it brings to mind of that teen romp comedy, the angst of it, um, and just the storyline that kind of goes uh, along with this song is, is fantastic. It's that, you know, age-old story of trying to grab someone's attention and trying to show them that you're the one and failing all the time and just what kind of comes from that. And you can imagine that being in one of those movies. So... This is a fun song. This is a, a song that's going to, you know, really perk up your day and just bring a smile to your face. So you need to get out there and you need to listen to Johnny Neff. Check him out. His new single, Guy. All right, everyone, it's time for this week's Q22 Top 5. Each week, we put out a bunch of new releases and ask you to vote for your favorites. And like the amazing fans you are, you happily oblige. Then we tally it all up and release the Top 22 songs, hence the Q22. But right now, we're going to give you this week's Top 5. So for the week ending July 14th, 2019, the Q22 Top 5 goes a little something like this. At number 5, down 2 from last week's third spot is Corey Stewart and Out of My Head. No change in the number 4 position as Kaisos and his track Happily Ever After hangs in for a second week. At number 3 is our biggest gain of the week. Up an impressive 16 spots, it's Yavin and Good Fun. Also holding at number 2 for a second week is The Voice UK's Lauren and her latest single, The Start. And finally, taking the top spot for a second week is Vardan Aurora with 30 Under 30. To check out the full Q22 and to vote for next week's chart, visit us online at www.qreview.ca. What do you wanna do? Say what are we 
gonna do? Boy, don't be acting strange. We could be doing things. Don't talk to me till you're done wasting time. Come on, make up your mind. I've been sending you signs. Don't talk to me about how tired you are. I'll just hop in the car. Out of Los Angeles, the one and only Davey Boy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. And thanks for being here. 2019 uh, has been a pretty big year for you. And I'm not to steal your thunder about talking about anything, but I mean, you've had some fairly significant singles and uh, just some work that's been going on with different people. So, how are you feeling with the year so far? Um, uh, yeah, a great intro question because it's kind of amazing. Honestly, I had set out uh, my intention literally going into the year on December 31st, 2018. And I was just like, I have all this, these things I want to do. Called my grandmother and said, like, I'm just going to go full force towards all the things that I've been holding myself back from doing for a while. And so now sitting here uh, midway through the year, almost, I'm just like kind of blown away because all the little or most little boxes that I checked uh, or uh, little goals that I had. I'm actually done quite a few, um, which is amazing already. Um, and I'm just very like proud of myself, I think, and um, excited to see what else is coming, honestly. But it's just been like a grind, and I'm excited. You're one of the first artists that I kind of got uh, attached to when um, I started in on this project. And that was because of Dirty Mind, and that was the first uh, single that I uh, got to know you through and I was immediately smitten by the song and I was just kind of like ah this is so good I I didn't know it was out there and it kind of propelled me to start looking at more and more and different artists so Dirty Mind uh, was a really great if anybody has gone about it the same way that I did Dirty Mind was a really great introduction to you but then the layers kind of started to peel back and then you released what you like when you approach songs like that, and you know, do you have a certain kind of layout already planned for them, or does some stuff come come along organically with it? You know, it's a funny story because um, the story of Dirty Mind, the story of what you like. So essentially, I've had Dirty Mind in my back pocket for a minute and a half. Um, the song was uh, written in April of uh, 2017. And uh, my producer and I actually wrote my single that's coming out at the end of uh, July and um, around the election in 2016, or the big American election in 2016. And so I've had a couple of these tracks for a while, and we were kind of like, we've written now together over like 70 songs, and like, you've only heard probably at this point, I think there's five coming out of my new compilation EP. And so dirty mind was one of the like gems in the box that we had had, we had collected. And then what you like came out of time when at one point I was just hating dirty mind and I wanted to write another song and I wrote what you like. And so uh, there was, so I've, I've gone back and forth on like trying to figure out uh, what I was going to eventually put out this year. But um, Dirty Mind has always been one of my favorite songs. Um, I would say the way I approached those two songs particularly was just like uh, kind of a funk a loop style, I would say, essentially, like the um, both songs are sort of built around um, a looping chord progression that have 
a uh, driving baseline uh, kind of vibe to both, uh, like like musically. And so I kind of was trying to get across ideas on a song with minimal changes. And so both have that in common. And then separately, I thought that Dirty Mind was sort of a commentary on how I was feeling about men at the time or the guys that I was dating at the time very like app culture based and it was very much like um i would say a rec- referendum on dating in los angeles <laughs> and then and i was kind of like salty about it but this song just came together and it was written in literally five minutes i mean he started playing this like baseline loop and i sat there and literally just had this awful date the night before and was just like like and it just came so um and then what you like on a different way, we were having this session and then I was just like, you know, I'm so done. I'm so exhausted. And I was just like, you know, what kind of, what songs make me happy? And so the song is actually based on musically Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. And I listened to it, Teenage Dream, and we kind of like worked around the chord progression of Teenage Dream in reverse and then put like a sort of similar uh, Dirty Mind funk loop in like in spot inspiration behind it also and except for the writing that time ended up being um more about me trying to get a guy to go back home with me instead of me trying to figure out why a guy just wants to hook up um and it was written a year apart so uh, yeah that's kind of the story of a little bit of the story of both of those songs um but they kind of do exist in the same kind of in the same area which is why i wanted to put them out uh, or why i put them out as my follow-up attached to my Dirty Mind single campaign. You know, it kind of makes sense now that you explain it that way because there's a little bit of a push and pull between those two songs coming one right after the other that make them really work together. And I think that's probably why, because there there is that, now that you explain it that way, some of where it's kind of come from and, and how long they've been around for. So um, yeah. that's, that's, really, that's really neat. But then we get to where we are now, which is Foundation. Um, (laughs) and it really feels like, which is funny because I know that you've got the compilation album coming out, um, which is going to be everything up till kind of now. Um, and it's literally called everything so far. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And, and foundation, you know, when you, an artist steps away for, for a bit, maybe not a real long period of time. And then they come back and they've made a switch and it's kind of like, Oh, it's the next phase or the next, um, you know, version of this artist they've kind of done. That's kind of what foundation feels like. Like you're, you're ready Mm -hmm. to kind of move in a new direction. And this is kind of like you planting the flag and saying, all right, this is me now. And, and here I come. And I don't know if it was meant that way, but it really did come across that way. I'm so happy you brought this up, too, because I kind of wanted to talk about this in this kind of a format. But like I was saying a minute ago about Dirty Mind, uh, Dirty Mind was written in April of 17. And then um, What You Like was done summer of 18. And so if you notice, those songs came out in like the winter and spring of 2019. And so when you look at it like that, it's like um, he's putting out one song every six weeks and they're all like stacking up and then foundation drops. Well, for me, foundation was 
I had really stopped writing music and focused on my like day to day job for like a for maybe like a six month period from October to maybe like March, and then in that time period, I had stepped away from like the day to day songwriting. Me, and my producer, working, and he kind of got big working with like he works with Travis Scott now and Alessia Cara now, and he works with like Kanye West now, and so it was like our kind of first session back working together. And so when you say like, it's like, it feels like a new and artist has stepped away for a minute and then they came back. Well, literally me personally, they've all been kind of released this year, but it was me taking a while off and then stepping back. And when we kind of checked in to see where I was at after kind of beating myself up for a while about where my project was going, when sort of like the momentum from Dirty Mind was kicking up and I was getting like, I'd hired a publicist previously for like other projects and whatnot, didn't go so well, whatever. I mean, Dirty Mind and What You Like, all those things, I didn't know press for, like I paid nobody. They just like were out there and people were hitting me up for it. So it kind of was just like, I looked at everything and I was like, wow, like I'm in a different place, just like personally, professionally. And so when we got together, this was like, um, end of March, beginning of April, I was like, this is how I feel. Let's do like a brighter track. And for him, he was nervous also because he doesn't, he doesn't really do bright music. And we hadn't previously done uh, that kind of a vibe. Like most of my stuff is either in the minor key or a little bit more sexual. And this one was sort of like, oh, <laughs> it's like a peppier, but even like, but still mid-tempo. So I think Foundation for me just represented where I was in 2019 as opposed to where I had been. And so there was sort of like a new confidence just naturally in the song because I wasn't really questioning anything. I was just sort of like, this is where I am. It's very, fre- like it, to me, it's very refreshing. It just felt new and it felt like it just felt like a a, like a springtime kind of movement or something where i was just like wow very like it was good but it just felt very new to me awesome Um, yeah thank you you drop foundation and then all of a sudden now you're you know performing at queer x from my understanding it it is a a fairly large venue in terms of uh, being seen how was that what was that like for you as an experience Yeah, so Reverie TV is a streaming platform for queer content, um, visual content, movies, TV shows, features. Um, They do podcasts also, and then they do music channels, kind of like YouTube or whatever. But essentially, Reverie TV is the parent company, and they had this festival called Out Web Fest, which was sort of for online content for the past three years. The company is fairly new, but the owners slash the founders of it are all... Um, queer people, people of color on the on their team, um, and just great people living in Los Angeles. And so uh, WebFest got discontinued as a brand name, and this year, the fourth year, they brought it back as Queer X. And um, instead of having it just be focused on uh, the previous components of uh, film and digital content online, they wanted to make it more like South by Southwest or start to make it a bigger event in that vein. And so they added on a whole other musical component and then changed the name to Queer X. And part of that transformation to make it more South by Southwest-esque was to add on 
uh, the opening night performances and a couple others throughout the weekend to make it like a more of a music event. And so they got uh, Brooke Candy to uh, headline. The surprise they were holding back for weeks that I also knew about but could not speak about was that Slater, who was sort of like blowing up on the queer blogs, music blogs in general, Fader, Rolling Stone, all that stuff. And then um, Jordy, who is an amazing stream king himself. And then Pink Fly, um, this great uh, group group of girl artists uh, but rock stars really and uh, they got all four of us to open and then got Madison Rose who's not a queer person but an ally to perform at an after party and then Jared Gellum to perform um, at an after party also throughout the weekend and it was just an amazing event and I'll just back up and just say when they first contacted me to do it this is what I was saying about Dirty Mind you know when I um, got added to I had this DNA magazine article come out, and then I had like John Ally put me on the billboard thing or whatever. All these things were just coming through, and I was like, I didn't put, I sent out not one email because um, I had totally given up on press. And so when they called me to do QueerX, I was like, How did you even find, uh, how did you even know if the Dirty Mind existed slash that I exist? Because I had never even done, or I hadn't, hadn't done until QueerX a set in Los Angeles. And so uh, they kind of found it through, I guess, old school tactics, which is sort of my day job in life is like a digital marketer. And I work for other artists at a record company and um, I started digital marketing. And I think they just found it through like my either ads and then content, which then reads to like word of mouth press, people talking to people. And uh, they just discovered me. And Damien, who was the founder of it, uh, I'm one of his favorite artists um, now. And so I was just like super honored and like super blown away. And to have like Slater come in for sound check uh, and then have the, all the names on the little dressing rooms backstage at Whiskey A Go-Go, which is this iconic venue in Hollywood. If you don't know, if you're listening, Whiskey A Go-Go has hosted like some of the biggest names in music from the beginning of their career. And to perform on that stage with like a, a fully queer lineup, not even allies, just fully queer lineup was incredible. And for them to ask me to do it, such a new artist with maybe at that point I had like, by the, by the time they asked me to do it, I had three songs out and uh, incredible. Like I was blown away and I'm still kind of blown away. And it's just been great since they asked me to do it. It's not, it's not a surprise to me, to be honest, because I said from the moment that I first came across you and, and started listening, uh, you, were, you were that person that's kind of like, if there's going to be somebody who's really going to take off and is going to build a really solid foundation and a career, and it's going to happen out of being online and, and, and all of this, uh, I thought it was going to be you. Uh, so it doesn't surprise oh my God, me in the least. You. I can't imagine what it's like to be in the same room with either Brooke Candy or Slater, let alone both, um, because I just yeah. think I just don't know what I would do with myself. Um, those those ladies are are crazy talented. You have you know an entire queer lineup, which I think is really missing from a lot of music festivals, and you know um, in terms of representation and that kind of thing. So to have that and see these up and coming artists. It must be just, you know, you must have been on cloud nine to be a part of something like that. So congratulations on that, first of all. Thank you. Yes, it was. Un it was surreal, to be honest. Yes, it was very surreal. Talking about uh, publicity itself and, and marketing, especially in music, it's a little bit easier to find the artists because they are looking for help. Um, they are looking for representation. They're, they're, they're trying to get some movement out there. But it's always the same thing. They, they struggle finding their name, breaking through the white noise that's kind of out there. 
what's been the most successful thing for you do you think like you know um as as an artist of trying to break through and and where where do you see the the positives in it and where do you see where the hurdle still um i'll take that question in a couple different parts you know like I was doing well, I would say, uh, at the time when I was last summer, because I had gotten a job composing a musical, and that paid a commission, so I had money. But, like, my um, backup degree is a music business degree, which is perfect, because I, like, am in the industry, so it was a perfect backup degree if, I, if music never worked out. And so I was, like, kind of going broke from not ha- from the musical commission kind of, like, waning in funds. And so I was like, well, what are you going to do for money? to like keep producing music and so I went back to a job at a label and when I got back there I was looking at all these other products I was working on like all these artist campaigns that I was working on for other people who are doing well like these huge artists out there but like uh kind of nobody would really know that like there are people working on the back end and sort of I was doing sort of the back end things and I kind of realized maybe like December that I was like wait like you have a degree in music marketing like and you're doing this and like you're be- you become an all-star at the company in like three months so like why don't you just apply these same strategies to your own career which is such a me thing to do because I'm always so shy about my own project so I kind of decided to do that for my own project and so with Dirty Mind, I just jumped into fan-to-fan or, like, direct-to-fan marketing, which was, like, anytime somebody posted the song, obviously I post that, and a lot of artists are doing that. But, like, at the same time, I was thinking, where are people at? Like, where are people going? So I was running uh, ads for Dirty Mind on uh, dating apps. I was running ads for Dirty Mind on uh, video games. I was running ads for Dirty Mind anywhere. And and when you say ads, people start to think like, okay, well, is it very, very corporate? I mean, at this point in time, you know, uh, they make it so hard algorithmically to cut through the noise on any platform that like, unless you're, unless when you do your budgeting for your music video, unless you do your budgeting for like whatever your project is, and you set aside like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars just to like do a promoted post, it's going to be hard for you to even like get that content to show up in everybody's feed. And so I just literally took like $200 aside and put it towards like two cent ads in random places. And then when I was getting real people coming through my DM being like, I randomly saw your game, I'd be like, well, where'd you see it? And there'd be, or where'd you see my song? And they were like, well, I saw it on this video game in Buenos Aires. But then I looked you up and I was <laughs> <laughs> literally, no, seriously. And I looked you up and you were amazing. And so when I was saying I had fans in like all these countries, I mean, real people from like um, the Philippines or from like Seoul or from like the South Africa were literally hitting me up saying, I randomly saw you. But the thing is, people just were saying like, you just so happen to also be good at this. So it was like, <laughs> not just like like content being splashed across their page and it being not good music. It was like, wait, who the fuck is this? And then they would hit me up and then I would reach out and respond to everybody. And so that connection just sort of like built up. Um, and I would say to anybody, and I said this in the panel that we did at Queer X2, it's just like direct-to-fan marketing, but with a little bit of like budgeting to promote uh, your project is always crucial. And then in terms of 
artist promotion in general, what I've learned in 2019, honestly, is people think like, you know, what is going to be your way to break through the industry, whatever. I owe everything that I've done so far all to my friends. Like, it, they have, there's this old saying, like, not about who you know, but who knows you, blah, 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 blah. I just think that, like, if you don't have great relationships and you don't work to get that, like, that's the crux of it all. For instance, just today, like, Andrea um, DiGiovanni mentioned me in a playlist on their Billboard feature um, just today for their Pride Month playlist. And we're, like, really good friends. And I started building up that relationship a while ago just because I liked their music. And I just hit them up. And then they were just very nice. And then we started talking. And then just, like, anytime I'm doing anything, like, advice-wise or, like, friendship-wise, we're just, like, close. And so I think that, like, when you're all working together in an industry, to make it seem like it's competitive is the wrong approach. If you're doing... If you're supporting the other artists around you and they're supporting you. I think that that kind of like shared fan base, shared momentum, all boats rise together vibe is completely the way to go. For instance, me and Michael Madreno, we're playing a show at the Peppermint Club in July, but they hit me up for that gig. But when they asked me if I had any friends who I, who I thought could be a good fit, I said Michael. And so now Michael's co-headlining this show with me in a month. So I just think that like that, outside of marketing or outside of fan engagement is you have to just make friends with people as you go because you can't be isolated. And I used to live my life isolated and now I'm living it full on connection, full on reaching out. That makes my soul very happy because that's, that's what I've been saying to a lot of artists too. It's just been like, you know, if you're in an area, even if your music isn't necessarily the same or connected as, as much as you, you think it should be, you do have support with one another. And if you can build those relationships, they can take you like in, in so many different directions and increase your fan base and increase your, your presence that's out there. Cause I think that's what it's all about. Everybody's out supporting one another and helping each other in their, in their videos and stuff like that. And I think that's a really, I don't think you see that as much in just regular music. Um, you'll see collaborations, but you don't see the camaraderie the same way. And I don't know if it's just because they feel that they don't have to, or it's just not done that way. But I know that in this, in this area of, of music and especially with queer artists, there's like, yeah, we're going to help one another. And that community comes through. I legit almost cried when you just said this out loud because the idea that, first of all, I'm even like in this group is kind of amazing in itself. The panel I was on for QueerX was called Pioneering uh, a New Queer Music Movement. I, but one of the points somebody made on this was that like it, it shouldn't be competitive. Um, we should be helping each other. But at the same time, I thought to myself, you know, what am what is my part of pioneering a music movement? I think that like so much of it is just literally in all of your content and all the stuff that you're doing, realizing that like just queer artists and like, are doing revolutionary things just like in existing. Like I don't think the world ever knew that like in 2019 there was gonna be like a whole posse of queer artists out in Los Angeles. I mean, who knew this? I think it's it's like a wow factor that it, that it's even happening. Like I remember I went to the Bronze Avery uh, Vardon thing was Punk Adams and like these this group called Slow Dance. Um, oh, music. I love those guys. There was a, a event they were having at this little bar in Hollywood, but 
Jesse was out that night. So was Jordy. So was I. Uh, so was like Drew URL from like from like that crowd of people also who was like affiliated with like Slater and RoboKid and all them. And then um, a couple other people were there. Some big songwriters were there. Emily Vaughn was there, who's written with Bronze before, but it's also like a writer in her own right. I see it getting more and more connected. But I would say to challenge that a little bit, it's like you know, old school hip hop music wasn't really about. Uh, beef or about like I mean back in the golden age when hip hop was really becoming a genre that ended up being now which is like the number one genre in the world they were featuring on like everybody's project like you would see like 10 rappers on one feature or like 10 rappers playing an underground showcase because they couldn't even get the insurance to play a big venue so when you look at it like that when hip-hop was diy and they were all working together and there was like a west coast east coast crew but at the same time like they were still all affiliated low-key in their own circuit i feel like that's kind of how i've said to people i think I'm trying to approach pop is that I feel like to not be connected and not act as if we can't all be in the same world and coexist is in complete failure. For instance, on the other side of it, like um, Sean Ross is a model who, who also is albino and now has a music project and is also queer. I remember when I was growing up, I thought like, no, there's nobody else in the world who'd be a queer um, music artist also. But like, lo and behold, Sean Ross now does music. He did a set at L.A. Pride, and then someone asked me randomly when I was there, um, was I mad or jealous, or did I, like, th- did I find it to be, like, a threat or whatever? And I said, that's ridiculous in my mind. I mean, like, that's crazy. You know how many artists, like, look at, look at Beyonce's in her own realm, Rihanna's in her own realm. People are, I mean, there are so many artists out there. I think it's silly to think that we all can't coexist but also be friends chatting individually with people or on the podcast even they really are i w- i mean i'm actually shocked by it to be honest um but yeah really really lovely people um for instance part of um la pride was just this last weekend and i guess now that i'm sort of like on the scene as a queer artist um everybody just sort of knows me and then the best story in the world really which I'll just tell you for this podcast interview is, so I was out after LA Pride and I was just in a a, a lounge atop a local bar here and the bars were like overrun and crazy right after Pride had ended on Sunday night, which the headliners were uh, Years and Years, um, a Mini K, a Shanti or whatever. So I'm standing in a bar with this guy, of course, after Pride because, you know, a little festival bay is what you're supposed to have, I guess, if you go to a a festival in Los Angeles. (laughs) So I'm standing in the bar and Sean Ross is there and we're friends so like it was amazing and i'm like talking to him blah blah this guy walks into this bar looks across the room and goes omg hey davy and i look and i go are you shitting me so the person who is saying this is in k and i'm like first of all in k knows who i am um, if you don't know who that is, listen to the podcast. It's this huge artist from the UK who has, yeah. like, I think a top 10 record with Zara Larson, even in the US. And I'm just like, Mini K knows me by name enough to see, know me across the bar. And it wasn't even me saying, I wonder if he'll see me if I should go up. He sang that to me. And just this lovely, lovely guy. And so I'm just like, Mini K is that nice. Like, who's supposed to be like my number one competition is also a friend of mine and amazingly nice. I just think that like the idea that we weren't, that everybody's larger than life and not uh, approachable slash down to earth is not the case. Um, And I met Carlos Vara, who is amazing, who has this amazing song called Confident. 
just lovely. We were all watching Bronze's set at LA Pride this last weekend. It really is just a lovely group of men and women, non-binary, queer artists, all just sort of like blossoming and developing in the same area but doing completely different genres making separate music but sort of all appreciating each other's work because there's been so much going on it's like you know who's surprised you the most that's taken notice of you and i think you just kind of said oh yeah i think i did (laughs) yeah i mean yeah that was great i want to say i still can't get over it really it was kind of insane and but no i will also just say like going back a little bit like uh, these connections have been made in the last six months um i like have been friendly with all these people now and even like jesse for instance like prior to like march or so that wasn't even a thing but now we're like friendly and chat and all those things and see each other out all the time and have plans to do stuff together in the near future so like but that's all relatively new things but also amazing so i was excited and surprised about that i'm just surprised at honestly all of it (laughs) if i'm to be honest with you just like even the diy artists who even know who i am now i'm surprised by all of it i'm performing at soho house and that room was opened by Charlie XCX. So just to think of it, like, uh, I don't know what the end of the year will be, but I'm already just juiced that I'm even getting called to do stuff. Jumping back a little bit uh, to what you were talking about in terms of albinism, uh, <clears throat> tomorrow is a very special day. Correct? Yes, tomorrow is a very special day. In case this is, like, posted later or whenever. Just This will um, be, be after the fact, but... Today is June 12th, but yeah. But um, so June uh, June 13th is International Albinism Awareness Day, and it was designated as that uh, by the UN back in 2014 or 2013. Um, and essentially, it's just a day to draw awareness towards people uh, around the world living with albinism. And a lot of people don't know this about me, or maybe they do just by looking at me, but I do have albinism. Um, then the Awareness Day was brought about by the fact that in Tanzania... And uh, around the world, people with albinism are are either subject to violence or there's lots of miseducation, misinformation, misconceptions about what it actually is, what it actually means. And so the UN wanted to bring this day about to sort of just say, first of all, it's, it's... People need to know who these people are and support them and get and get info across. But also just like people with albinism are normal, uh, everyday people who are working at places like uh, the library or the gym, but also like who are working at the top uh, of the upper echelons, the music business, anywhere. So just like a regular group of people who just happen to have a skin pigmentation thing. And uh, this day uh, draws awareness towards that. It was a, an education for me when you had first mentioned to uh, to me before where, you know, it's it's not something you necessarily think of if you don't come across it every day. Yeah, also, I just think I have a post coming out soon with a couple other groups about this. But in, in general, I just think that like... Uh, and like for instance glad so glad is an organization that started back in like the 80s around queer people gay people who were not really seeing themselves represented appropriately in media or newspapers or whatever it was and i just think that like when you have um, the person who's developing a platform like me, it is one of my biggest, one of the biggest things I would like to do with my career. I thought about this when I was going into this essay that I wrote for them was just like, 
I think it's important to just make a statement across the board that this slight difference is not something that holds you back from doing anything, but you definitely do need to have something, I think, like this to bring awareness to it. And people like Sean Ross, people like... um, people like me maybe to like bring uh to bring into to bring it to bring it as a to make it a real person that you nece- that you know so that you feel as if like there's somebody who you've been following who like can tell you about this thing and so I'd like to use my platform as it grows to continue to talk about it only because I think that in the past with the miseducation and mis- misconceptions people think of like either the the stereotypical tropes and that's kind of what bothers me about it the most and i was watching this buzzfeed this buzzfeed video which is kind of what sparked my passion for this particularly this year and why i wanted to even put out the compilation ep uh tomorrow for this was because people so were saying things like people with albinism are deformed or they're blind or they have low IQs, and this is all in the comment section. And I kind of went kamikaze in the comments because I am <laughs> none of those things. And whereas there may be some like ocular issues here and there, the idea that everybody with albinism is blind is crazy. The idea that the people are deformed is I don't even know where that even comes from. But just that's like the misconception piece. And uh, with my content, which is very like queer focused, especially people of color focused, I also want to make sure that it's not. Uh, holding the stereotypes about people with albinism back in any way also, which I think have been historically not good in media. For instance, there was a show out recently, a hugely popular show by one of the greatest creators of our time. But the show featured albino uh, actors, some of which are huge in status, and they were just made props as bodyguards in a background scene and given no actual lines, to which I thought, well, why is that? So um, there's obviously some awareness and some uh, attention that needs to be drawn towards issue because as a, as it brought to my attention by the BuzzFeed video, even in 2019, there's still a lot of lack of of knowledge about what it is and why it doesn't limit people who have it. And it's it goes back to that whole, you know, representation and visibility piece, right? People exist, they're out there. Why are they being marginalized? Why are they not being shown more? Wh- whether or not it's a small population or not, you you still want to see yourself represented and you do want to know that, you know, that visibility exists for you out there. Um exactly, and, and, yes. and rightfully so, right? I as a as a kid didn't even think that me being me being me having a successful career was possible. I saw Sean Ross on the Tyra Banks show talking about it and literally a light bulb in my head went, would people even want to look at me on TV? So I had I had decided a long time ago I was going to use my music talent to be either behind the stage as a composer for Broadway or as a or as a songwriter for pop artists and never ever step out in front of the camera because people wouldn't want to see me or they'd make fun of me or they would taunt me online. And I saw his career kind of like take off modeling wise and it wasn't like a bashing campaign and he had this campaign called in my skin i win with like featuring people with those kinds of faces whether it was albinism hypopigmentation or several other skin conditions out there there are there are so many skin conditions out there with that campaign that he did all those years ago which kind of helped propel his career i think that was like a clarion call to people out there with differences that thought to themselves they couldn't make it because i thought i couldn't make it that combined with 
Frank Ocean's 20, like 12 letter about being an open, openly queer man, black man in the music industry, those two things together to me were like, well, holy shit, like I could be an albino person in media and also be a black male openly gay and in the music business. Well, what's holding me back? So when we talk about representation, I think of like, if a person with my drive and my talent was sitting at home thinking they couldn't do something, any sort of visibility, whether it's one person or 10 people on screen, lets that one person know out there sitting, I don't know where this person is, but it lets them know that they can do whatever they want. And they don't even have to be albino. They can be anything. And they can just think, well, if he can do that, I can be brave enough to do this. And that's why I think it matters. People want to be seen. They want to recognize themselves. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> that was that's a fantastic uh, conversation, and there's so much more that you could talk about. Uh, the compilation is coming out. Yes, the compilation is out June 13th, and it's coming out in two different covers. There's one cover coming out on Apple Music, and another a separate cover on Spotify. But also, there's going to be a physical release coming uh, down the line, closer to mid July, with a whole different cover. But that's the EP, and it's called Everything So Far. It was executive produced by me, uh, Davey Boy, and also um, my co-producer, genius producer, um, Johan. And uh, Shifty mixed the whole project uh, with us. I consider it a playlist, really, but, you know, for everybody who was kind of finding me in pieces, for instance, people would discover Dirty Mind. And I don't really fault them for this at all, but it's not their favorite track of mine. But it was a great tool for them to find me because it was a tool that they were like, oh, he's popping on this one song. What else has he done? And to answer that question, they were able to look back a couple weeks further and see ICU or look back three months before that and see do what you got to do. And if they found me on what you like, then they were like, oh, wow, he has this. And if they're just finding me a week ago <laughs> on Foundation, they can now see everything from last October to now in one space. So it's a compilation EP. There's no new new on it, but essentially Foundation was the final piece of what I had initially intended to be an EP, but wanted people to get enough chance to get to know me over the last six months. So I kind of slow dripped this EP out over the course of singles. Um, and now it's all culminating with everything so far, dot, dot, dot. That is, it's awesome. And I think that you were really smart about how you released things like that. I think it actually built for you really, really nicely. And I think that coming together and having that compilation at the end, kind of saying, you know, here's the snapshot of, of the year and, and the, the progression of things. Uh, I think you're right. It does give people, um, gives them that full kind of picture. And then July, new single? Yes, there's a new single in July. Um, I don't take breaks, but also, like I said, I had a treasure trove of um, records and just digging through some of the gems. The song, I'm putting out the first song me and my producer uh, ever wrote together outside of our musical theater work together, our first pop track that we did together. And that's going to come out in July. So it has, everything has a six-week window with me. So just think, if, if he hasn't put out anything, just think like in six just weeks, something six new weeks. is coming. Just wait six weeks and the new track is coming. So where where is that taking you to? So new single in July, and is this going to be, uh, are we going to see a shift in music? Um, is it like, you know, you've hit the foundation part now, now we're going to ramp up to something different, and are you going to be building towards a, another uh, EP, or are you looking more towards full album? 
Yeah, you know, I think it's going to definitely be an EP. But here's the thing, and this is what's so beautiful about this. I was terrified to put out any of it, any of it at all. But I just knew in my heart of hearts, literally in my heart of hearts, as soon as I was done with my first demo for Dirty Mind, it was like my favorite song that I had done. And I thought, if I could do this... I could be a pop artist or like an R&B artist or whatever it is. But I just thought like this could be, if I can come up with this, I could like see myself as a pop, as an artist out there. So when I was done with that project, I was like, you know, everything else sort of built around it. And then when I put out Foundation was absolutely terrified because Foundation was, like I said to you earlier in the conversation, like chronologically two years later from Dirty Mind, but also a completely different vibe. But also, in case people don't know this about me, I, like, come from a musical theater background with, like, live uh, strings, like, a full band, the whole vibe. So I wanted to put the string piece in there, add in some different instruments, the harp and foundation. And when I was was gearing up to release it, I thought to myself, I'm so terrified. Like, it's different than what I put out. No one really knows me for this. I wonder what they're going to say. But the reaction for it initially... When I released Foundation, the DMs were kind of instant, and I had my first request to like get the get a lyric sheet. I think it was somebody asked me like within a couple of like days of putting it out. So I was like, wow, and I think it's my most quickly streamed song so far. Um, maybe that's because I've just built up a fan base now, but I've just been overwhelmed by it. And so with the next song where I'm going musically is definitely more soulful, uh, more personal. I'm excited about that, but also in ter- thinking of it as an EP, I would say Foundation is kind of the beginning of my next era, but it's on this compilation EP. But I think Foundation and the next song will probably be going on my actual EP, the specific one that I'm going to be writing. But I'm hoping to collaborate with a bunch of these writers who have hit me up after seeing my live show at Queer X, after reading about me in press for the last couple of three, last three months or so, after my producer looked at my live show and said, holy shit, like, I mean, I knew you were good, but like, did you know you were this good? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I told you, like, performing live is my passion. So like, he kind of saw me for the first time as an artist performing live. And so he's been re-energized. So now we're putting together a team of writers, some additional producers, hopefully people who you know will also be included and who've, who've been buzzing around me recently. And uh, that's going to probably, in my mind, hopefully be out either October or so, or maybe like early in what I call new artists, January or February, 2020. That is, that is awesome. I'm super, super excited for it. And, and I have no doubts that it's going to be absolutely 100% brilliant. I got a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Yes. You, you can pass if you want to. Yes. Um, Celebrity crush. Wow. Celebrity crush. Okay, so there is this guy in the show, Insecure. Um, wait, let me look up his name because I'm forgetting it already. <laughs> um, I have such a crush on him. I'm not sure who he is. Wait, but I'm just trying to think of his name, but it's driving me crazy. Oh my gosh, but he plays a lead character in season three of Insecure, and I'm just forgetting his name right now. But just to give you a rapid-fire answer, I guess Sean Mendez is like... One of my top crushes out there in the world. He's a good um, Canadian boy, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, uh, while you're looking, Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man? Oh, wow. I have a lot of thoughts on both. But um, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, sorry, Kendrick Sampson, because it was going to kill me, but Kendrick Sampson, Celebrity Crush. Okay, yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, um, I would say over Rocket Man. And people are going to think that that's a weird answer because of the, the political commentary behind both. But I will just say, Rocket Man, I went into it thinking it was going to be a straight-up biopic, and it ended up reading more like a musical operata with the music of Elton John. So in my mind... I wanted a little bit more of documentary versus a retelling through music, but it definitely had more across the universe vibes than straight music biopic vibes. And maybe that's why that's why I chose Bohemian Rhapsody over Rocket Man. Oh, so last one. If you could steal another artist's song to make it your own, oh, which my would God. it be? This question. I have so <laughs> many of these, which is crazy. But off the top of my head, first, I would say Diamonds by Rihanna. Diamonds by Rihanna was one of my favorite songs um, to listen to growing up. I'm, I, I just thought like Paparazzi by Gaga too, but yeah, Diamonds by Rihanna. Thank you so much for doing this. I know that you've become busier and busier and busier. You taking the time out to to be a part of this. This has been my longest uh, conversation yet. Um, I can go on forever. <laughs> yeah. but, I was um, looking at this at uh, the clock. I was like, yeah, it's been a minute, but it was great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm so excited to see kind of what comes next. I'm so you know excited to kind of keep talking to you about things and watching it all. I think the rest of this year, I think, is just going to be fire for you. Well, thank you. And uh, in case you're listening out here and you think that, like, <laughs> it just is sort of like boom and, and this has happened, I've been preparing to be this kind of artist for a minute. So the fact that it's all come together in the last six months is a testament to, like, hard work and whatever. And, like I said, friendships, because even with you and I in DMs and the people who you interview also, who I know who are now friends of mine. I just think it's super cool to always circle back and check in. So thank you for having me on this podcast. And in fact, I will say like, let's do it again next June 12th and see what's popping. It's ready for the taking. We're sick of being patient, about to make a move. Never easy to replace you Since you didn't want the label On something new Who is this new phone? Had the dip move on Called the lift up go So I can move along I keep pushing on Same shit, same you A new foundation I got a new bed A new boo A new foundation Went through some bad shit I'm in a whole ass fucking mood Same tracks, new compilation Same shade, but new foundation The Q2, two songs we think that you need to be listening to right now Q2 number one this week comes from East Coast Wonder Kid T. Thomason And his new single, Pleasure so Pleasure is a new style for tea. It's very flirty, very fun, very a uh, lot of positive summer energy vibe going on in this song. And uh, it's one of those things you can really tell the growth of, of tea as an artist and as a writer. He's tapping into, I think, different, different styles 
that he's interested in taking things in different places. The production on this is fantastic, and it's just one of those songs that you can imagine yourself driving down the road, whether it's the daytime or nighttime, top down, wind in your hair, and just loving life. So that's the kind of vibe T is giving out on this song, and there's a whole lot of pleasure in pleasure. So this week's Q2 number one goes to T. Thomason and Pleasure. Q2 number two this week comes from Jordy and new single These Days. So if you haven't heard of Jordy before, um, you're missing out. You need to, to check him out. This is your quintessential boy next door with the look, the charm, the voice, the sound, the eyes. He's the full package, and he is following up his latest EP with this brand new single. He's kind of a force to be reckoned with when you think about it. He's got that whole triple threat thing kind of going on. He really understands his voice with the kind of pop sound that he's producing. And it works incredibly well, and it actually adds to the vocal charm that he has. So if you haven't heard of Jordy, if you haven't had a chance to take a a listen to him, I highly suggest that you do. And I think that you're really going to enjoy just that melodic charm that comes from his voice and the kind of music that he's putting out there. Uh, These days, is a fantastic fresh start, I guess, to his the next era, the next wave of Jordy since putting out his his EP, and and I think that you'll find that um, there's a whole lot to like. So Q2 number two this week comes from Jordy and new single these days. Since we're both so much better now, I'll show it to your face. Cause after all this space, these days, these days, I. Our video of the week comes from no strangers to the Q review, our friends Alex and Jacob from Slow Dance. They have a brand new single out and a video. It's the first video for them called Straight Voice. So you, you, you already know where we're going with this. This is a video. It's so great to see the guys not only sound great, but also have a lot of fun in this video. Um, We already know, we're so familiar with the synth pop magic that they're pumping out and they're doing so well with and they're taking it in so many different places. So it's so great to actually see them apply some visuals to it. It's not always easy to get the visuals off the ground, but they've done a smashing job with this. The video is a lot of fun. They're playing different characters and they're just having a really great time with it. And you get a sense of who they are as performers as well with this. So you got to check it out. Slow Dance, Straight Voice, our video of the week. The Q22 is the Q Review's very own weekly chart. You can head on over to www.qreview.ca and vote for your favorite artist and song of the week. Each week, we will compile all of the votes, and on Sunday nights, we will release the brand new Top 22 of the week. So if you want your favorite artist to make it to the top, be sure to vote. Vote early and vote often. Well, that's it for the Q Review. We hope you enjoyed it. Leaving you now is more from Johnny Neff and his great song, Guy. See you next time. And it's all like, na, 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 na. Oh my God.